Hey guys, this is Seb. You're listening to Last Move. This is a pod series exploring the future of New Zealand construction, technology, and innovation. So this is the first episode, a pilot. We're just quickly looking at some topics here. Uh, overview, we've got innovation, culture, and digital technology. Uh, so we'll get stuck into it. So the first topic that we'd like to talk to is uh, reluctance to adopt to technology. So by and large, uh, New Zealand construction is very conservative as an industry. Um, as engineers predominantly and by design, we're looking at how we can preserve and ensure that these structures and builds stand the test of time. So any kind of radical ideas or new ways of designing and thinking are foreign and unfamiliar, they're met with immediate scepticism and criticism and little excitement. So effectively standing as a threat to upset the status quo, so that briefly sets the tone of how the industry operates with respect to change. Yeah, New Zealand needs innovation. We're really, really stubborn as a nation. We take failure very personally. There was a study by the University of Auckland that showed that Kiwis as well as Aussies actually to be almost twice as fearful of failure than that of the United States. There was a Barclays banking report on failure that found up to two thirds of organizations in the US recognize failure as a critical component to their economic success. Contrasted again to the Middle East where it's approximately 90% that view failure in a positive light. So those are huge, huge differences. Uh, also helps illustrate how our stubborn culture is really hamstringing our potential. While we publish science at twice the OECD average, our rate of investment in research and development is half the OECD average, and our rate of patent applications is just a quarter of the average. So we need a culture that is accepting of failure and that doesn't stigmatize its business leaders for sharing their mistakes. There was a study done at Gartner that found was one third of all jobs um, to be converted into software robots and smart machines by as early as 2025 and estimates some 65% of kids in school today uh, to be working in jobs that have yet to be invented. So the next topic that we'll touch on is uh, culture, which is hugely stagnant in the construction industry. Uh, by and large, heavily dominated by males, and that's not breaking news for anyone, I don't think. Uh, gender equality and that diversity needs to be championed on all fronts because we're all losing out when these issues aren't you know, taken seriously, they're taken for granted and that passive behaviour remains as barriers for growth towards equality, so we're all losing out. Um, women comprise currently 17% of jobs in construction in New Zealand and 15% for technology. Uh, empathy and soft skills are a big one as well. So we're moving away from memorizing and reciting this mechanical kind of learning and tasks that machine will always outperform us in 10 to 1. And we're shifting to design learning and empowering relationship building and emotional intelligence. So that means promoting and encouraging behaviors and leaders who empower their teams and build a real sense of mutual trust and respect. It's also aligning and understanding ourselves better, our teams, our values, and our customers better. 
so that we can recognize where it's best suited to leverage the potential that machines can offer us and so that we can focus on delivering better products and services to our customers. And at the end of the day, all of this new technology remain tools and methods to deliver what ultimately stays a human experience, regardless of if you are a project manager delivering a development for your client who is largely a property developer, if you're a bespoke manufacturer, retail consumer goods market, catering for trades, it's always, again, a human experience at the end of the day. So dropping the macho, dropping the egos, and focusing on how to listen and communicate better. It was interesting even attending an engineering conference on BIM or building information modeling the other week in town here in Auckland. Uh, for a start, half the audience there were in disagreement as to what BIM actually is and what it means for the industry, but also the number of people, uh, architects, engineers, project managers, clients, most of these older guys uh, came across as really entitled and weren't letting the chance of a good discussion get in the way of their pride. Um, I actually ended up leaving halfway through because it was almost primitive. So we have a shift in values with millennials. We see it everywhere, regardless of whether or not you like it or appreciate it. Um, so how do we better understand how this influences business? There was a great study undertaken by Deloitte three or four years ago. I uh, really like this story. So Deloitte, like many other New Zealand organisations, I'm sure are frustrated by why so many of these younger, talented graduates were quitting, leaving, and saying things like, I just feel lost, or I don't feel like I fit in, or I'm not making a difference here. Um, and so surveyed a range of organisations to try and better understand their drivers. And the survey found three factors contributing to why talent stayed in an organisation. Uh, the first was, do I get to use my skill set every day? The second was, do I trust that the person sitting or standing next to me is giving it 100% every day? And the third and arguably most important was, do my personal values match that of the organization's mission? So if you're not hitting all three of these, then you can sure as hell bet that they'll be gone within two years, which is really interesting. But from experience, I'd argue that the vast majority of construction industry organizations have no idea what their mission or vision looks like outside of just making money. So there's a really stagnant culture of how we've always done it, how we always will continue to do it, that's hurting the industry as a whole, and actually forces our talent out, which we don't want. And the third topic we're touching on is the digital marketing, which is underutilized real estate, especially within construction. Such a huge opportunity. You want to be close to your customers as well as your business partners, not to mention any potential employee and wider audience. You need to be online and at the very, very least on LinkedIn and have a website that doesn't scream out 1999. Having Facebook and Instagram pages are normal too. It's figuring out what platforms are best suited for the content that you're sharing and the messages that you're sending. We're running in a world where people live online. The exciting opportunity of all this digital marketing is having unprecedented control over designing and measuring customer engagement and the journeys with your organization online. What do these campaign numbers and insights mean? How can we use this to better engage with our audience? How can we adjust our services or product to align with the feedback of all this information that we're now receiving? 
it really opens these new conversations and ideas to become more engaged in. So whether or not you see yourself as a thought leader or an expert or if you're targeting a particular segment of the market, you need to be across digital to understand how your customers are behaving, how your product and service can be improving and how you can be delivering more value. Digital marketing is definitely for everyone. Shit, even voice and audio strategies are huge opportunities to get on top of now and to become familiar with because at the rate at which it's all accelerating, it's just huge. I know for many organisations in construction, you're a consultancy or you're a main contractor perhaps, you already know your customers, you already talk to your clients, you don't need any of this digital stuff and that's just for salespeople. Uh, I think we'll see over the next couple of years how that plays out and it will become clear, I think, as new players emerge, uh, you'll find yourself up against much younger competitors who can leverage this data to their advantage and remain omnipresent in front of your audience's eyeballs. So we shouldn't get too comfortable, aside from yesterday, which today is always going to be the best time to invest in teaching ourselves how to adapt to all of these new techniques and strategies. So yeah, there's a fair bit of content and thought in there to start thinking about without getting too technical. Um, just to recap, we've, uh, you know, we're aware that we're conservative by nature as an industry, um, that we're reluctant to try new ideas and technology, which is, you know, uh, necessary for innovation as well as economic growth, um, and that there are barriers to encouraging the structure and management to help see New Zealand really push the envelope here. Uh, culture, if you haven't already started investing in how you can design and maintain an effective work culture, it's only going to become more difficult and urgent to maintain the talent and align your teams. Uh, and digital technology, so start now, get familiar with understanding your audience because there are endless opportunities to better engage with and get closer to your customers. All of this will improve your product and service offerings. So that's it from me. Thanks for listening in. I'm really looking forward to covering a whole lot more new content and trying to really understand what our listeners are keen on learning more about with us. Some of the topics just off the top of my head that I'd like to explore, uh, management styles and structures, information and data, uh, case studies from around Auckland and lessons learned, BIM, the building information modelling and the benefits for each of the involved parties. Yeah, so there's plenty of uh, concepts, ideas, topics to start discussing. Um, really, really excited. Thanks for listening in. Stay tuned.